Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Theater and College Hoops. I'm Subi. Alongside me is The Shark. We're brought to you by Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel and the Barnburner Podcast Network. Go subscribe on whichever device you use. This episode of Feet is also brought to you by Beach House Soaps. No matter where you live, bring a little bit of the beach to your home with Beach House's all-natural soaps. You can find good them. Soaps. Good soaps. Good yeah. soaps. Have you, I ran out of mine. I think I got to re-up. You, you run no, out of yours yet? No, no, I didn't run out of them yet. How have you, I, apparently, now that we're no longer I, in a I pandemic, inter- I'm sorry. washing I, your hands. I interrupted the ad read. It's a good soap. I got three different soaps. They're good soaps. I, I use them for, for weekends mainly just so I can get a good lathering up there. But, uh, yeah, it's good soap. No, that's fine. I don't, I don't care that you interrupted the ad read. What I care about is your personal hygiene. Just because we're no longer in a pandemic. Uh, Do you remember this time last year? People, the second they left their, their homes and then they came back, lather up, washing Every single time their hands were exposed. Don't ever worry about my personal hygiene. I take two and a half showers per day. All right. Once in the morning, once after a workout, and then maybe a half one at the end of the day after another workout. You never know. Two and a half per day. You do that during the summertime. Now that now I'm more, I'm more concerned that this is just a waste of water. Um, I, I mean, I waste water. Yeah, I take two and a half showers per day. I love, I love it when you can see in a man's face. There's a, <laughs> rifling okay, through yeah, any sort of rebuttal. No, no out on that. I couldn't come up with anything. There was nothing else to say. Yeah, two and a half per day. Looked like James Carville there in old school when Will Ferrell just bodied him. Uh, oh, but just make sure to find them at beachhousesoaps.com. Good soaps. Good, your good college hooper of the week. Your college hooper of the week. Excuse me, Cameron Ridley, former big man from Texas. Uh, I, I feel like was he he was after Dexter Pittman, wasn't he? I mean, I think there was just a slew of either super skinny guys like a Connor Lambert, or you had on the other end of the spectrum Dexter Pittman, Connor Ridley, Cameron Ridley. Uh, he's your college hooper of the week, though. Check out the website at thebarnburner.com. That's the dash barnburner.com, and make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feet is. Make sure to follow Taylor at Taylor Dammel and the shark at the underscore shark underscore BB. Let's open the curtains. Step 
Hall, eight to shoot. Hall, the runner! Loose ball! It's good! With 4.4 to go! Shannon! Don't want to foul! Shannon! From the corner! And it's over! Gonzaga! The flipper still fits! <laughs> it's a hot one here shark in in chicago uh weather is beautiful but it's patio season officially how's your summer been this is the first off-season episode that you've been able to join i'm not making fun of you just pointing it out for the people what's new in your life a little backhanded i sensed a little backhanded insult right there summer's been good so far i mean it's june 16th so it's not we're really not that far into summer it's only been what three or four weeks memorial day signaling it off been playing a lot of golf lately i mean i shot a 40 at the this one course in boston william divine really got a good feel for that front nine in boston uh, other than that i mean I'm, I'm getting back into crossfit too i used to be a huge crossfit guy now i'm in crossfit again um so i got that i got golf weather's nice out got a whole bunch of things planned for the summer and you know i'll, I'll see what i can do about making fun some of these episodes i'm sure taylor's over there sitting in the corner tweeting about the sun somewhere uh trying to you know yelling at a wall about how i missed the last episode but hey what can you do might be a record time in terms of the first dig at taylor and i mean even taylor will will get throw a dig at you as well uh but that might have been record tim i think we're about four minutes into the episode or so uh, a couple of questions for you so you mentioned golf you still driving 300 did you ever drive 300 or was that just a myth no i drive 300 pretty consistently so i mean at this point i now that i'm doing crossfit it's a question of when am i going to drive 325 because i mean i can do that if the stars align but it's getting to a point now where it's I, I the other day I was playing with a couple of guys that listen to this show. I bust out my nine iron. I next I'm hitting this thing much further than I was a few months ago. Just too much, too much strength that I got going right now. It's troubling. Second question. How's townie life? Love it. You recently glossed yeah. over that. Yeah. I'm surprised that wasn't one of the first questions. Yeah. I live, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a town right now. Uh, townie. Grew up in this town, in this town temporarily, trying to get into that housing market. It's a little nuts right now, but we're, we're sensing a little dip. Um, but yeah, I mean, my life's pretty simple. I go to the 99 every Thursday night. I send out my 99 tweet. Um, I do that. I play in a, rec- a uh, pickup basketball league with, and my team is a bunch of guys that are seven years younger than me. So they graduated like, well, I mean, seven years is pretty much within the first time. Seven years after I did in high school, they're all rec league kids. And I joined this team. They they had a bad record the previous few years. I joined the team like I was Chris Paul. And, you know, we started stringing together some wins together. You know, there's a little momentum coming around. But last night we got ran out the gym. So we took a step back in that regard. But you know, a good group of kids um, trying to do what we can. And I, it's a pretty simple life over here. And then I go enjoy New England on the weekends. Well, so are you the elder statesman as well? Obviously, I, I understand the parallel you're trying to make with Chris Paul. But are you the oldest guy on the team? Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> how how did you get recruited then? Or did you did you put yourself out there saying, "Look, I need no, some no." Guys. It's not like I yeah. It's not like I posted to you know a message board trying to be a free agent or something. I know a guy that knows a guy, and you know they needed a guy, so I was the guy. Well, it's good to have you back. A lot has been transpiring here. Uh, since we last spoke with you, we've been conducting some great interviews. We plan on having some fantastic interviews moving forward for the rest of the summer during our off-season episodes. Unfortunately, don't have one for you today, but 
We're going to use this time to recap on some of the things that we haven't really had a chance to touch base on. The biggest news coming out of college basketball in this offseason clearly is the coaching uh, from the coaching realm. Um, and it's specifically on Tobacco Road. Roy Williams, done, retiring. Hubert Davis, now his successor, Coach K, a uh, matter of weeks later, then just said, I'm getting slack pings. Oh, that's actually what I wanted to talk to you about, slack. You don't know what slack is? I'm sorry to take a hard pivot here, but you don't know what slack is. I don't know what we're talking about on this show. You let the introduction to the show. You should probably just leave them in here so people can get my confusion. I, I don't know what's real and what's fake right now. I don't know what slack pins are. So enlighten me. So it's a slack ping. Let's, let's start real quick. Actually. Do you know what a ping is? Like P I N G P I N G. Yeah. It's, Corporate speak vernacular for you know, you know, uh, trying to get someone's attention. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the corporate version of an AIM message or an A message, right? Yeah, but some people use it with respect to just a simple email as well. You know, they just throw ping in there, whatever. It's like using the word note to also talk about an email or a text. You know, it's it's kind of a more vague noun to get someone's attention. I'd or, like for the yeah, I mean, work, I, look, I, work, I think yeah. it's. I think it's an egregious misuse if you're using it in an email or something. Ping should just be an IM, a quick message, and I've quit out of the application. I just want people to know what I go through in building and standing up this 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 program, really. Uh, I'm offline, supposedly, but I'm still getting pings. It's 5.30 Central Standard Time, still getting pings. It's it's. I'm trying to conduct a show here. So uh, the shark, though, I didn't know that you didn't know what Slack was. It's really just a – I mean, it's like the most – popular way to message a coworker. I think, I mean, when Slack goes down, Twitter's a blaze, like that's the number one trending topic. You don't use that in your work environment. How do you get, how do you communicate in a very timely fashion? If you need an answer quicker than an email with your coworker. Um, something called a phone call every once in a while. It's kind of useful. I'll do that. But I also, I, I mainly do emails. We do kind of message jabber messages maybe that's a ping what you're talking about just a different company associated with it but yeah i mean i i i don't i don't know slack ping all right well hopefully this lady's done pinging me let's get back to coach K. can we please get back to coach k and roy williams please I, you're the you're the one talking about this stuff over here you know i i come in here i give you the time of day i just told you about what i do on the weekdays i go to the 99 i play basketball i play golf and i set aside time for you to talk to me about pings your initial thoughts or your initial reaction, really. Well, let's go chronologically when you heard Roy Williams. Roy Williams wasn't shocked at all. Um, and I think I told you this offline, but all you had to do was look at his post-game press conference in the tournament when they lost to Wisconsin in the first round when he looked like he was 100 years old. And it was basically like, well, I'm not even sure he can – you know, get up for the season next year. So I kind of saw that coming right then and there. A little weird with, um, you know, he, they were a young team. You kind of think that he it was one of his young teams that was going to grow into himself. But, you know, just looking at him, it, you know, age caught up to him pretty quick. So I wasn't too shocked on that one. Coach K, on the other hand, um, you know, I thought there would be more of a buildup to it. But Again, also not too surprised. I, I do kind of – the structure of this show is pretty decent because we're going to talk about transfers and Chris Beard, and I think both those guys 
one of the reasons that they outlined for why they wanted to kind of call it quits was just because of how chaotic the transfer market is now and what the game has turned into. And it really is a little ridiculous. You look, you look at Texas's roster, it's just pretty much like a starter on five different good teams all coming together like they're trying to join the Brooklyn Nets. It's absurd. Um, so, I mean, not, not that those guys were as good as the players on the Nets, but it, there, there would be a frustration if you're a guy like Coach K, you've been doing this since the early 1980s, you're used to going out to the same high schools and trying to get people to buy into your program or get the five stars to give your program a chance that can get them over the hump. And now the league is just not the league. The, the sport has turned into, Hey, who can give me the best opportunity to either build my brand or um, I, I guess help a team, but you know, I'll leave it at that. And it's a, it's a good point that you bring up. And I think both of them, especially K said it, almost without explicitly saying it, you could just tell, but, and I'm fine with it. I like, I don't find any conflict or any reason to be on one side or the other in terms of, Oh, well, I agree with coach K it's gotten out of hand. It's ridiculous. But on the other side, I don't find the need to like make fun of a guy for kind of reading the tea leaves and saying, this is the way the, the sport's going. I've been doing this for over 40 years. Like what, why do I need to, what else do I need to prove? Neither of these guys have to prove anything, have anything left to prove. And so they're just sitting there being like, look, I'm tired of this. And that's okay. I think that's perfectly fine. And a lot of people want to jump on these guys, make fun of them because it's now easy to make fun of, of a coach K obviously, but I'm okay with them just saying, yeah, I don't need this shit in my life. I don't need a Jalen Johnson deciding to opt out in the middle of the season, which again, I don't care that Jalen Johnson did, but on the flip, I don't care that Coach K is upset about it. In terms of my reaction, though, Roy Williams, I agree, wasn't terribly surprised. Um, I guess, I mean, Hubert's a Carolina guy. They love him. I was a little bit surprised on appointing him so quickly. They must have known that. Uh, I mean, he must have been the successor. In a lot of colleges, there are the assistant coaches that are appointed the successor if and when you know they're done. Tommy Lloyd, who's now at Arizona, Tommy Lloyd – whenever Mark Few decided to hang him up, was going to be the Gonzaga head coach. I think the John Shire hire, though, nice rhyme, the John Shire hire is going to be tough for him because obviously you're replacing a legend. Uh, Hubert's doing the same thing, but it just seems like there's an added level of uh, – or, or the shoes are just a little bigger, I suppose, at Duke. And I, I don't know about John Shire. Right. It just doesn't seem like he's going to be able to get anywhere near. I mean, and I don't think Duke fans should have any sort of expectations that he has or that he's going to get to Coach K or even sniff him. But even like a final four, I don't know if John Shire's cut out for that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple of the points you made. Um, to go back on the how the sport is changing. So, the, the transfer piece is one aspect of this, but. I think that both Coach K and Roy are definitely seeing the future as to how the game may lose its shine. You know, everybody loves college basketball because it's very pure, right? Like you got the same fan bases that are, you, you root for the fan base, you root for the laundry, you get in there. Nobody's really that elite of players. Um, the actual, the tournament is incredible. Uh, there's a lot of kind of hometown feel associated with it. Outside of the transfer market and empowering these student athletes to go wherever the hell they want, you know, which is fine. You can go there and not have to deal with the transfer and all that. The other aspect of the name, image, and likeness thing, 
which look, I'm all for kind of these guys. If they want to make a buck, they can go make a buck off their name. But if you're a head coach of a program and let's say you have an elite player and that guy is going to be making all this money on the bench and he's going to be based off of his skill set and the fact that he's projected to be an NBA talent. And then you're going, trying to make that mesh and collaborate with kind of a traditional college grinder. And that guy's not going to practice as hard. That guy's not going to do anything because he's already making money. It's going to change it. It definitely is going to change it to an extent. And that's what all the guys that are standing the, you know, stand on their Island and everybody seems to pick on, on Twitter about taking the, I don't want to call it the, um, you know, um, the contrarian stance, but the, the other side of this is you're going to get a lot of selfish players that are only focused on me and not the we. And uh, that is something that has never really existed in college basketball. It's never been a star driven league. It's always been a team driven league. Uh, So that maybe that's what coach K and coach Williams are looking at realizing I don't want to bother with some 18 year old kid trying to get some TikTok up there or trying to sell some highlight that he just had against North Carolina state when I need to go and get us prepared for a bus trip to, you know, freaking Miami for the weekend, whatever it's going to be. So I think that is a huge component of this and the coaches need to be relatable and kind of skilled enough to speak to those young athletes, to be able to get them to one realize they can build their brand eventually in, in, at the college team uh, while also kind of instilling the college values that most people love about the sport. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, co- coaching college has never been more difficult, especially in basketball. There are so many more options for these young studs coming out of high school to explore outside of division one hoops that you don't get in football, right? If you're, if you're a star in, in high school football, you're going to college. There's not many other, first of all, lucrative opportunities or really feasible opportunities that will then propel you to the NBA. Now you got the G league for basketball. You got these other leagues coming like LeVar balls, creating leagues, which is all fantastic. I love the fact that these young kids are getting more and more opportunities and avenues, but for the coaches and nobody's weeping for the coaches because they're still getting paid. And I'm just making a point that it's okay to truly acknowledge that it's never been more difficult to coach. And so Kay and Roy are just saying, what the fuck do I have to prove? Why am I fighting this battle of attrition? Like you said, Roy's out up there after, after a loss to Wisconsin with just not a talented team. At Carolina, like Carolina has been bad for two years. Walker Kessler just walked out on him. I mean, he probably was just saying, I mean, what am I doing? Why am I breaking my back uh, for a game that I've already given as much as I can to? Now, if you look at new coaches, I mean, it's almost it's interesting. There's there's this uh, talk and there's always there's always talk about, uh, you know, the housing market. You had mentioned that the housing market's not 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 easy for a person our age, right? For a millennial versus maybe our parents age. I kind of liken it to coaching right now. Coaching is almost like being a millennial. Uh, You got to deal with all this different shit that the elders did not have to, that Kay and Roy did not have to. Uh, So it's, it's very, it's, it's incredibly difficult these days navigating. I mean, the, the pay for, or not the pay for play, excuse me, navigating the different opportunities. These players have profiting off their own likeness. And then of course the transfer portal add on top of that, a pandemic. And this is what you get. I don't blame either of them for for taking off. And it should be a huge sign too. It's I I'm a, growing up. I always do always think being a 
head college basketball coach is probably the coolest job in the world. You know, and you get to mold young minds. You get to do a sport that's a great sport. You get to coach. You get to travel all over the place. But now it kind of just seems like a nightmare having to deal with all the egos and having to deal with all the families and having to deal with all the empowerment and all that sort of stuff, which is totally fine for those kids. They can have that. But there is always kind of this element of college sports where it's, hey, look, it's you can relate it to your high school team where nobody really gives a shit other than the four years that you're there. And then you just try to get the best result possible. So I, it definitely is changing the landscape of the game. Guys like Gottlieb for as many everyone wants to hate on guys like Gottlieb for kind of pushing against the the, um, you know, allowing players to be able to make a buck off their own likeness. But this is the other side of that coin. You're going to get a lot of a lot of people that. Are, it's going to look more like the G League than it would like a 2002 um, Big East tournament game or something like that is, my, so w- is where I think it's going. The the best player in the country, right, coming out of high school, do you want him on your roster or do you almost just say to yourself, look, I'd rather maybe a four-star who's 100% bought in as opposed to a guy who's – or would you rather that five-star best player in the country just you know take his talents to the G League or elsewhere? I don't know. I mean, it's a – you asked that question. So I've asked myself this question a lot. Would I rather have three years of Grant Williams or one year of Zion Williamson? I, honestly, I would probably, I know that I take Grant Williams. I mean, I love that guy. Grant Williams, he can go back to a Tennessee baseball game right now and he looks, he's a God. I mean, freaking John Fulkerson, I tweeted this over the weekend. Fulkerson is, I, Folk, Folky, I, I like you, man, but you've never done anything for Tennessee and you walk around that town like you're the mayor. I know the mayor in Knoxville. Fulkerson walks in and interrupts live broadcasts of a local news station after a foot baseball game. No. Tennessee oh, baseball shoot. was really in control. We got hey, a fan coming in. Oh, we got Folky. What's up, Folky? How about that what, win? What are we doing? <laughs> it's it's Folky. It's Folky. Well, somebody so somebody came up behind me and was like, "Hey, can I jump in here?" And I was like, "No, you cannot." But it's Folky, and he can do whatever he wants. So, how are you feeling right now, man? Man, so excited for the Vols baseball team. Oh, no. That's what I'm saying. Vols baseball, man. We're going to Omaha. It's such a good atmosphere. Vol Nation is the best. Like he's Kevin McHale. You're John Folkers. All right. So, but I mean, there, that's the, that's the kind of energy that comes with someone that really stays around a program for a long period of time. You get people that buy into it and like you a lot. So it's the question, do I want the elite talent versus a guy that's kind of a marginal talent that might not break through? If you ask me it at the beginning of the, without knowing how the future is told, I would say the elite talent, but when you kind of do revisionist history, I'd take the Grant Williams over Zion any day of the week. Well, you know me, I'm completely out on recruits. I don't give a shit about recruits and all the off-season stuff. And I'm glad you saw this with Tennessee this past year. They had a great recruiting class, and then they kind of fell flat. They obviously have a great recruiting class coming into this year. Which uh, I'm, you know, I'm excited about. I so like, excited yeah, about. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, just, I love the Just class. wait. Just wait till they disappoint. Yeah, but, you'll, you'll be in our boat as well. But I, so, I mean, it, we've seen in recent history title winners do it with one-and-done studs, Anthony Davis, or your Villanova teams with a Jalen Brunson who's been there three years. So it's it's just, as a fan, I don't know, you always root for the laundry like you had, had mentioned, but as a coach, tough to navigate. And you know what's the most remarkable part about all of this? After the whole hullabaloo, after getting the t- the tweets and and really digesting the fact that in two years, because Kay, Kay will be coaching this upcoming year, Roy Williams will not, but in two years' time, we are going to be seeing Hubert Davis versus John Shire. You know who's still kicking? You know who's still s- sticking around? Jim, Jimmy Bayheim. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking yeah. guy. Bayheim just doesn't care. He's well, just I mean, riding he, the wave. 
he's got to coach Buddy for one more year. Even though Buddy did he is he gone? Is did he make a decision on that yet? I think Buddy's right. coming back, but I so what? I don't even I know the rules on that. I feel like it, the NBA draft's like, yeah, man, you could probably you could declare for the draft, you know, go in the green room, sit through two rounds, not get picked, and end up going back to some Chris Beard team if you really wanted to. That's basically what the rules are right now. Well, I don't even think it's Buddy. I just think, and obviously I mean, Roy has a lifetime contract. He's going to stick around for Buddy, but I could just see Bayheim five years. Like Buddy, Buddy could wash out of his professional league and then come and coach for his dad i could see that in like five six seven years time whereas roy and look roy Bayheim, k they all have lifetime contracts calipari whenever they want to leave whenever you know they're not getting fired unless it's calipari's literally got a lifetime contract yeah exactly like right yeah he does like an actual lifetime truly yes truly (laughs) but i mean no one's gonna fire any of those guys but when you saw just what it took two years of terrible basketball from carolina really by their standards last year. And then two years ago, they were just God awful. But two years of that, Roy Williams was like, I'm done with this. Plus all the other stuff that we had mentioned. Bayheim and Syracuse have been average for about five years now. Now, obviously they did go to the final four pretty recently. They make some decent runs in the tournament, but I mean, by and large, he's just coasting. I mean, I, I, I don't know whether or not to say, please leave or tip my cap to the guy. Yeah, I will. He had an elite uh, Sweet 16, right? They lost to Houston in the Sweet 16 this year. Yeah, so they, they find ways. But, yeah, he's going to see Buddy's 10 years through before he makes a decision there, and then it will probably be McNamara, who's already an assistant on their staff anyways. But, yeah, to go back, I mean, you asked me this question probably like 15 minutes ago at, at this point, Hubert Davis and John Shire. One, um, I, I was – pretty unimpressed with both of them i I mean there's people are going to come out and say oh they're trying to do the juan howard thing they're trying to do that that michigan's already done well i mean juan howard you know he coached in a variety of different spots for a long time i mean he coached in the nba for a while i know he hasn't coached at the college level and that method may work the jury's still out there i mean they did lose in the sweet 16 this year despite being a one seed excuse me the elite eight this year despite wait no they yeah, the Elite Eight. Uh, they lost to uh, UCLA. UCLA. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Hubert Davis, all he's ever done is just coach at North Carolina as Roy's assistant. So I, I would like a little you know, variety of experience there. You know, go around, try something where you're not already a god coming fresh off at, you know, when it, whenever he was an ESPN analyst back in the late 2000s leading into that gig. But there's definitely continuity. Uh, I I think Wes Miller was hired shortly before uh, Roy made that decision, but that would have been a phenomenal hire. Wes Miller is perfect. I mean, he he did a great job with Greensboro. Uh, he actually coaches out there. You can kind of see what's going on. I'm not saying that Hubert doesn't know how to do any of that, but you know, Wes Miller's went out there and cut his teeth a little bit in uncomfortable places where it's not you know you're not having the most beautiful facilities in the world, and he's out there kind of building great defensive players and getting to the tournament on his own accolades. I'm impressed by that. Cincinnati seems like they got a great job, a great coach right there to, to build them up. And Wes Miller played at Carolina too, so maybe they were um, timing wise that didn't work out. Coach K and Shire, I mean. Shire's same sort of thing, but less amount of time than Hubert Davis. I feel like Shire's only been there for a cup of coffee. I, I just don't know. He, he's still young. Um, I feel like Duke probably could have gotten more uh, compelling candidates. I, I don't know if Brad Stevens would have wanted to do it, but I, obviously that's one the name that everyone would throw out there. 
Another one would be Quinn Snyder with the Jazz, assuming the Jazz aren't going to break through eventually. Um, maybe they do this year, but I mean, he played at Duke as well. That could have been someone to get. Bobby Hurley, maybe. I mean, it's shocking if that would have happened, but Bobby Hurley would have been an option. So it's just a lot of other guys there, and you go and get John Shire, who was just a pest in college, which is fine. He's a great player, um, but I I don't know. that uh, That's a little he, – he does have the benefit of having kind of a apprenticeship year where he, he can kind of learn on the – really learn on the fly, um, you know, being the right-hand man. But that was a unique move, especially considering – how Coach K proteges have done out on their own in the past. Well, anyone that's listening to the show, I have to assume, has gotten passed over for something, whether it be based on merit or just timing. And that's the thing that's got to be so difficult to swallow for a lot of these Carolina and Duke former players who then got into coaching. The timing of it all, you think about a guy like Wojo, been to Marquette who just got fired. Right. I mean, he's just no longer a hot candidate anymore. Bobby Hurley had to cut his teeth and perform at Buffalo. He's struggling at Arizona State, if we're being brutally honest. Right. You think about a guy even like maybe, I don't know, Nolan Smith, who I think has has been the same with John Shire. But who, who Greg else? Paul, I think? Greg Paul Greg is Paulus. a coach. He's an actual head coach at, at Niagara, Niagara. Yeah. right now. I mean, Greg Paulus, who, who's the other? No, but you had mentioned someone else, uh, uh, Quinn Snyder. I don't know if Quinn Snyder would leave an NBA job to go coach at Duke, especially because with, with the jazz performing well, Jeff Capel, we're thinking we're, we're talking about all these guys, Jeff Capel, head coach at Oklahoma, head coach at Pitt. I mean, these guys have, have had to fail in unceremonious shitty places compared to Duke. And now when you get that news, if you're a Jeff Capel, a Wojo, uh, you know, any of these guys and you see that Shire immediate, it's almost like 30 minutes after they announced coach K it was like, Oh, by the way, John Shire is going to be taken over. You're almost like, well, fuck, I didn't even get a chance to like text coach K congratulations on an amazing career. Then my next move would have been to try and angle my way onto that uh, head coaching uh, seat. So I, I, I kind of feel for those guys. And you mentioned Wes Miller. I think it runs a little bit more deep with coach K and his players in their recruiting classes. Um, but it's, it, I, mean, I, I kind of feel for those established guys, especially a Wojo who just, I mean, he got ran out of town. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he deserved to be fired though. So like, sure, Wojo, sure. yeah, that would be the ultimate failing upwards right there. You, you try, but it. I'm saying, but yeah. let's like, let's say this, right. He's fresh off of a Marcus Howard. Uh, I mean, they lose to Murray state John Morant, but he's fresh off of that season at Marquette coach K decides to retire. Wojo might have been might have been a viable option at that time, and so that's what I mean by timing. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, no, that's a fair point. Time timing is good. That's good. Yeah. Well, it'll be a very very different different coaching landscape, especially in North Carolina. This now leads way to the new generation of coaches, and I know we bash the quotes in this film, Wedding Crashers, but we really aren't that young, Shark. We are not that young anymore because can we, splice, can we splice that one day you'll look back on all this and laugh say we were young and stupid <laughs> a couple of dumb kids running around we're not that young have I'll we ever spliced that yeah, I'm sure we have. We've had to have spliced it, but we're not that young. And I mean, you look at it in the NBA right now, this is the first finals in, I don't know, eight years or whatever the hell it is, or no, since like 2010, I, I don't know, where LeBron James or Steph Curry is not in the NBA finals. 
Now we get, are ushering a new era of superstars with Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, right? Uh, Luka Doncic, all these guys. And it's new, fresh faces. Now we're ushering out Coach K, Roy Williams, and the big new fresh face. He's not even a fresh face anymore. He's pretty much arrived. Like he's a stud, but he's definitely young in his coaching career is coach Chris Beard. And he made a move to Texas. Not sure if we covered that, uh, but that happened a little bit ago, left Texas tech now currently at Texas and he's getting dudes. He is recruiting his ass off. He is getting all the big name transfers and he's building a power. And so it's not like Shaka couldn't do that at Texas. He brought in a lot of talent. He just couldn't capitalize. No tournament wins at all in Austin. Uh, Coach Beard has been to a national title game and overtime away from winning the national title. And he knows Texas as well. But Chris Beard, any thoughts on what he's doing uh, hitting the ground running this summer? Yeah, you look at the list and he's guys that you would know. Christian Bishop, he's going to Texas. Trey Mitchell, he's going to Texas. The guy on Utah, he's going to Texas. All these guys, he just keeps loading them up. And you'd think, all right, you you are now in the premier university for recruiting in Texas, which is a good basketball place to recruit in the South. You don't care about going to get freshmen or anything, freshmen or anyone like that. It doesn't matter to him. So I don't know if this is going to work. It's kind of rare to see the ultimate patchwork team of a starting five, which they very well may have a starting five. I don't know if Coleman or Rainey or um, Jericho Sims or uh, really the the other dude, Aaron, uh, what's his last name? Joan, uh, uh, who's the Greg Brown? Um, he's probably going to go to the draft. So I don't know how they're going to fill out a roster here, but, you know, Beard has always been a big transfer guy. That's no secret. This team last year at Texas Tech was pretty much all transfers. And then they had a guy miss a free throw in a crucial moment at the end of the game and they lost. So I don't know if it's going to work out. It's all I know is in kind of professional sports. When you do this, this free agency splash pretty much doesn't work out. I always go back to the Philadelphia Eagles when they did it with Namdi Asamoah. And that was a terrible young. team. Yeah, that whole team, that doesn't work out. So you got to have kind of a chemistry to it. Uh, Beard had that run with uh, with uh, Texas Tech to the finals when they lost to Virginia. And then since then, what have you done, bud? You know? It's since still then. been successful. Still been successful. All right. But, I mean, it's only been, what, two years since that? One of them being a COVID year. What, I'm not, not going to say you what have you for, done. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, I'm no. saying it. I'm asking what he's done for me lately because I'm still bitter about that game against Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, take it out on McClung. Don't don't take it out on Beard. It's not like he missed the free throw. Take it out on McClung. But to to take a look at the roster, the upcoming roster. You mentioned the transfer from Utah. That's Timmy Allen. He was really good. Uh, Devin Askew. That's someone that you that you missed. He did not have the best. I don't consider. Year. I don't. You don't yeah, consider him. I'm glad I didn't list him in my list. Oh, was that on purpose? Well, no, I, just, I, I, I was aware that he transferred to there, but it's like, you know what? You're not going to make, you're not going to make my sentence. You know, when I'm talking about transfers, such as these, this end of sentence, you're going to, you're not going to make the sentence. You'd be among others if I were to end the sentence that way, but he's not going to make my sentence. Ask you get out of here. Trey Mitchell's going to be uh, an interesting prospect. I feel like the country doesn't know about Trey Mitchell because he's, been playing at UMass and not many people are really paying attention to UMass. Well, you know, UMass this is going to be a big time step up for him. Yeah. I, I'm, UMass will probably put up the statue of Trey Mitchell in about three years from now. They got an extremely low threshold for putting up statues in that town. Why, 
What, no, what, what do you have against UMass putting up a statue I of just, Candy just, and, and Jan, John Calipari? It's clearly the apex, the height of, of the program's success. Why are you I, it's, just, I, I, it's funny to me. It's like you, you go to the Final Four, um, the NCAA vacates that Final Four, and then you throw you put up a statue. <laughs> you know, I like, love that. I love that. It's still I, real to me, damn I, it. I respect I, that. Hey, look, everyone is – it's the – it's like driving it. You see a bumper sticker. They, my kid graduated middle school bumper sticker type car. Like that's, that's what it is. You go outside the Boston garden, you see statues of Bill Russell. You see statues, uh, Bobby Orr. You see, you see that sort of stuff outside the Boston garden. You go outside the Mullen center. You see statue of that little point guard that brought him to the tournament a few years ago that lost to Tennessee by 20 points in the first round. It's just a low standard, but they put up Dr. J. Dr. J is worthy of having a statue. That's fair. I'll give okay. you Dr. J. But John Calipari is a Hall of Famer. He may not have been right. doing the majority of his yeah, work. He like set the program back. <laughs> like he goes there. He goes yeah, but there. He got him to the point. I'm telling you, this is the, this is the, the 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 biggest thing that we always say. You can take away the banners. You can take away whatever the hell you want statistically from the record book. Memphis- the nerd shit. You can't take away what the the partying that was happening on Beale Street in Memphis. You can't take away. Oh, no, what but was happening at you? Should Memphis put up a statue of Joey Dorsey, Derrick Rose? Derek Rose, maybe, maybe no, Derek actually Rose? the the Memphis guys are they don't have like too much of an affinity towards Derek. Is, Rose. is Calipari? Does he get a statue in Memphis? Is he gonna have three separate statues outside three separate arenas based off of this? Look, don't ask me. Ask a UMass person. Right. I'm not no, a UMass guy. Maybe they, 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 they love them. You you got it. I I I'm talking out of the I, side of my mouth a little bit on this because they they care about the program so it's good all right it's good that you care about the program you're trying to generate interest i'm just saying your statue statue threshold is extremely low I mean, you know but then and i'm and i'm gonna retort by saying well they got two hall of famers having yeah, their statues erected I, that's another thing you can't I, think i'm not of. even <laughs> saying what Camby did was that bad i think it was he like got money from an agent or something it's a little ridiculous that everything got wiped out for that but still it's it's like a low it's a low one you know they're not putting up Barry Bond statues in San Francisco I do think it's funny that they probably should but I do think it's fun. John Dowd actually that's who they should put up yeah. instead go with the MLB 2004 uh, what is it MLB All Star what was the video MVP MVP, MVP baseball okay. my bad I do think it's funny though seeing Camby next to Calipari and and Dr J I mean look. We know how impactful and great Marcus Camby was at UMass, but Marcus Camby's a guy who I think the casual fan would not know about, right? They probably think he's just this average player, this rotation player that was on Toronto, that was on the Rockets, uh, that was on the Knicks in those that when they went to the finals. I don't think they understand that, you know, he was so great at, at UMass. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a statue, but people know John Calipari, people know Dr. J. Could be tough explaining Camby, and I think they got a fourth guy that I have zero idea who that person is. So, I would push back. I, th- I think Camby is worthy. I th- people don't have to know someone. I mean, everybody around here knows who Marcus Camby is. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, he shouldn't just because he didn't have an, a, an outstanding NBA career doesn't mean he shouldn't have a statue. My my thesis here is that it's just you know it's interesting to me that you're making a statue for a team that everything. Would, was wiped out for is it's like is louisville gonna put up a statue for um they luke should Han- luke why hancock not? yeah final four M- mop yeah. why why the hell not i, I just, they don't do it that's the thing umass does it but i 
I mean, nobody's, I, look, you know what? I'm glad this is like self-care. UMass isn't going to say that to themselves. Look, we, they know that they're not Louisville, but I, again, I wouldn't be mad if, if Louisville I, I'm not talking that. about like retiring their jersey or anything. Well, I'm talking about a statue. All right. We're, this is like the pinnacle of memorializing someone. Right? Uh, you, you know go, what? You go retire the number, you go hang, put something in the banner, you do the ring of fame, and then you do statue. All right. UMass just jumped the statue. You know, you know, got people that have statues in this country: Abraham Lincoln and George Washington, and uh, you know, like I'm trying to think of a great athlete statue. I mentioned Bill Russell, the one in Boston. Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal. Those are statues. You know what I think? The John Calipari. He's still coaching right now. <laughs> the deliberating room. He's I cheated feel like at two different must... schools. I feel two like different must... schools. He's got a statue in Amherst. Good. He's already, but he's got a thirty for thirty. He's got. Doug he's Flutie. in the Hall of Fame. Doug Flutie hits a hail mary. Beast, that's for the only one statue. play. That was Doesn't more matter. sustained success. UMass had it, more sustained success. That you shouldn't have brought iconic up Doug Flutie. Icon, iconic play. Iconic play. You can capture an iconic play. All right. I want to go into the the room of the decision makers at UMass. I genuinely think if I were to role play, I genuinely think it went something like this. Look, guys, I want a statue really bad. We're not getting one for, for like a long in our lifetime. I don't know who else is going to come along where we're going to say that guy deserves a statue. So we got to pick from from the guys that have built this program. And there was a eight-year period or so. And that's Where? what I respect about it. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's why what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna. I'm poking fun at him, but I, I respect the fact that it's like, hey, look, we need to do something to show that we give a shit about this program. We need a statue. Who are our choices? You know, Derek Kellogg, John Calipari, the little point guard that led the team to a six seed a couple of years ago, Doctor J. Trey Mitchell Candy. might. Trey Mitchell might be like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I'm a bowl yeah. guy. <laughs> he might be a bowl Don't, statue guy. That's it. That's what they got. <laughs> Some you go to you go to you go to Rupp Arena. You see all the banners hanging. You go to Michigan State, right? Tom Izzo does what he does on the recruiting trip. <laughs> go to UMass. You got to have something, I, man. I, they got they got they, just like they the, got the statues. The biggest zero to one hundred I've ever seen. Name a road after Marcus Camby. You know you can name a road. You can name a building. You know you can name a section. You can name the athletic center. They go straight to statue. I will say that they've kind of pigeonholed themselves in the sense that, I mean, there's not going to be anyone like it's like, look, this guy can have such an amazing career. He's not going to get it. He's not going to get a statue. You know what it is? You know what <laughs> there's it is? no way. You know that the is old, the standard uh, now. Yeah. You know, the old thing that uh, uh, New England people used to, uh, the Colts, whenever the Colts like wanted won a division, they hung a division for winning the AFC South banner, and it's like an empty banner. UMass is that, but just with a statue at this point. <laughs> All right, let's talk. I mean, this is way too much on this thing right here. No, that's good. That's good banter. Okay, so Coach Beard and his transfers, Texas is going to be on paper looking very good. We'll see how it plays out. Let's, let's, let's also talk about some other notable transfers. Uh, Adam Miller going from – Illinois to LSU. Uh, Namari Burnett went from Texas Tech to Bama. Got a got a feeling that had everything to do with uh, Beard leaving. Boogie Ellis leaving Memphis to go back to the general vicinity and where he grew up uh, at 
Southern California. Rocket Watts went from Michigan State to Mississippi State. Jalen Coleman lands. Can we talk about him for a second? Went from Iowa State to Kansas. Do you know how old Jalen Coleman lands is? I don't. I think he's like 24 or 25. Like this is his seventh team or his seventh year of eligibility. Spread your wings, I guess. You got you got the guy that just uh, left you guys too, uh, pulling a Mac McClung, a Kinjo. He's gone too, right? Kinjo going to Baylor. I mean, that backcourt yeah. just reloading. Good that for Scott. Drew. That Georgetown backcourt gets around. You know, they, they go where they want. <laughs> well, and I, I can't, I can't keep track of McClung. I tweeted this after he made some sort of decision, which I'm now forgetting. But the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is because I was looking forward to a McClung versus. Akinjo, Baylor, Texas Tech matchup, but I think McClung's gone. And then I tweeted like, I think I'm done with McClung. Like he just went. You're not good enough to go back and forth on on your decision making process here. He's gone, right? Uh, it's a great um, kind of little mini example of what this what the sport may be turning into. You know, McClung has morphed into kind of that local folk hero that goes to the small school that go, goes to the local school. Um, you know, he's a he was a great player at a high school in Virginia. He goes to Georgetown, supposed to reinvigorate the whole program. He's morphed into this guy that is basically the epitome of me, me, me. I'm going to go transfer here. It hopefully helps me out. I'm going to declare here. Now it's going to help me out or no, I'm going to transfer again. It's just where the sport is turning into. It's a great little, um, you know, what's the, uh, what's the thing where it's like you can look into one person and zoom out and realize that's kind of the identity of all the people. I'm thinking of the stupid uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, the way Erie, Pennsylvania or Erie, New York, whatever it is, the way they vote for an election every single year is how the country is going to end up resolving that election. Whatever they pick is what they, everyone else picks. Their ideologies reflect the country's ideologies. Mac McClung is basically that version, but for college basketball and the mindset of a lot of these young profession do we, we might even have to call them athletes and young professionals over there because they're making a buck I off gen- genuinely have no idea what you're talking about so i want to ask you have you ever <laughs> seen a couple of years ago uh inside the nba right best best comedy show on tv that's, that's, inside that's, the nba that's theater that's theater yeah it is theater but they had a segment that where they had asked Shaq who we play for and charles barkley i think also and it was like these C-list players that always bop around from team to team. Here's our finale. You know, if I don't want to get you been paying attention. Aaron Brooks. Who does Aaron Brooks play for? You'd have forgot where Just the last one. He was in Phoenix last year. He should know because you live in Phoenix. You can probably track where he is, where he has been. No. All right, Charles, who you got? He's either playing in China or Japan. China or Japan. We need to be more specific. Guangdong Tigers. <laughs> Ni hao! Ni hao! Ni hao! Victory lap! Victory lap! There's no Victory lap! There's no Chinese! It's almost like a Jeff Green, right? Who does he play for now? And so, you know, people wouldn't... It'd be tough. So what I want to do is play... Uh, Somewhat of a variation of the of that game with you with the transfers, all right? Now, you can either tell me where they were they were coming from, or where they're going to, or if you know both, please tell me. But I'm going to give you a transfer's name. Do your best to tell me the the point of departure to the point of arrival. That's another corporate term. Spot. Yeah, well, that's the whole point. Davion Harmon. I mean, just give me one of the two if you don't know. I look it up while I answer. No, absolutely not. All right. He's going from Oklahoma to Oregon. 
Uh, you had mentioned James Akinjo, foster lawyer. You remember that name? Michigan State to um... – It's actually a question mark. That's all. Oh. Foster lawyer uh, in the transfer portal. Had no idea. Remy Martin. Arizona State to Kansas. I like that get for Bill Self. I mean, yeah, he's one of the best scorers in the country. Hot take a, he got there. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. And he wasn't a first team All American last year. He might he might have earned that spot preseason this year. Uh, yeah, Remy Martin though going to Kansas, and then who else we got? Who else is worth discussing here? Kellen Grady. I know that one. He's Davidson to Kentucky, and I think he's going to be nasty because I remember watching. I was big on Davidson in the tournament last in the uh, A10 tournament, and that guy just plays like a big old point guard. He's big. He's got a good stroke. He'll be good with Kentucky. Little bit of an A10 pipeline starting there with Calipari, right? He got Jacob Toppin from URI. Now he's got Kellen Grady coming to him. Well, he uh, was a hot come. I know he was a hot BC was trying to get Kellen Grady, and everyone's like, Yeah, keep dreaming, pal. I mean, because he, he was a hot commodity. He's got game. This oh, I actually didn't know this happened. Jacob Young. I didn't know that happened either. Went from Rutgers to Oregon. His older brother won Pac-12 Player of the Year at Oregon. I didn't know Jacob Young transferred from Rutgers. Theater. Uh, who else? Oh, Jalen House. Eddie House's kid. Um, I've, Where'd Eddie House go to school? Arizona State. I know that. Mm-hmm. And he's going to New Mexico. Wait, Little Patino. Yeah, that's just... Can't ask me any SEC ones over here. Uh, I mean, I'm on I know, 24, I know, 247 sports. What do you want me to do? I know Chris Likes went to Arkansas. That's going to be a big get for them. He's going to be a terror for muscle milk. Uh, I'm already worried about that. There was an SEC one. Hang on. Oh, Audiosi Tony. Audios Tony. Mm, I didn't know that one either. From Pitt to Arkansas as well. Musclebin. This is what he does too, though. Builds an entire roster off of off of transfers. Oh, Jamin Brakefield, SEC. He's landing in the SEC. I don't, I don't fucking know, dude. Kentucky, Duke to Ole Miss. All right, we'll end it on this one. Cole Swider. Not to be confused with Cole Swindell. He's a uh, Villanova to Syracuse. That's it. All right. Uh, Let's go ahead now and wrap it up. Shark, Friday Bracketology. Now, this was a longer hiatus than you hopping on to the program. I think the last Friday Bracketology we got was back in February, if I'm not mistaken. It is back with a vengeance. Can I get your first four out and your last four in? I can. It was a long hiatus. I don't know about February, but I, I had been off the grid for a little bit. You know, in the off season, I like to do my sabbaticals. I like to, you know, just step away from the game for a little bit, throw some coal in the engine, get ready for the next season. Friday back bracketology this past week. This was when I actually had prepared for, you know, I was thinking about for a while in my thoughts. So the last four in full stadiums. Nothing like that roar. You know what I mean? You're watching in the NBA playoffs, the hockey playoffs. A lot of I don't I watch the hockey playoffs, but just ridiculous sport. So, so random. 
to the most random sport in the world. Some random team makes the playoffs. They can go on and win the Stanley Cup every single year. A one versus an eight seed doesn't mean anything. Every game goes to overtime. The whole strategy is just like hitting it and hope, hopefully you catch a good deflection. I, I can't identify who the good players really are on the ice. I can't figure it out. So, I mean, that's a... Oh, I mean, some, some would argue that that's the beauty and that's what draws people to the game as opposed to seeing stacked teams in the NBA automatically or cruising to a title. Now, look, that, that was before all of these injuries happened in the NBA, but I suppose that's what people would say the appeal of NHL hockey is. Yeah, you, you say draws people as if it's bringing in huge audiences. You, you, you and I that's both true. know that you got to go find the food channel to catch one of these hockey games on on a 6.30 start. They had a 6.30 start on a Tuesday night. Are you kidding me? Uh, I got to fight you there. Yeah, yeah. so I, everyone could talk about how great the sport is and how exciting it is, and it's the best playoffs in the world. Why, why does nobody watch the game? All right, it's not that good for the reasons I'm addressing right now. All right, anyways, that is last four in, full, full stadiums. Next one is international soccer tournament, soup. I know you're a fan of that. The Euro is going on right now. I pride myself on being an expert in international soccer tournaments. I don't know anything about clubs, but I could tell you about the Euro and I could tell you about the World Cup. Beautiful, beautiful tournament. Off to a hot start is the Shark, yeah? I yeah, mean, you I mean, suffered, I, suffered a loss with the Finns, but I, gra- you know, I grabbed fin- bust on. I grabbed Finland in the third round. Finland, no matter what. Devontae Mack, no matter what. They were high on my board. I took Finland. I was laughed at. Russia was on the board. Um you know, Czech Republic was on the board. A lot of great clubs were on the board. I took Finland. I love the spunk. Um, okay, next thing, last four in, a well-timed saxophone. A while back, if you're a fan of Friday, Friday Bracketology, I once did a well-timed fiddle. Well, here we go, a well-timed saxophone. I like having that in there. That's a good thing to have in a song. Last thing is the aluminum pints of beer, specifically Coors Light aluminum pints or Miller Lite aluminum pints. Great on the golf course. Keeps the beer cold a little bit more than your normal beer. Really just a great way to enjoy a beverage. Uh, I would also like to say another another great part about those is it hides the spit when you're dipping into it. That's I mean, you got the aluminum, you got the blue cans. I know exactly what you're talking about. So, yes, in addition to keeping the beverage cold, it's a good concealer. I like the cold aspect of it, but hey, to each their own. Moving along. First four out. I put asking athletes about vaccines. I'm a Washington football team fan. The first guy that got hot on this was Montez Sweat saying he wanted to educate himself more. Why are we asking these questions? Are we just trying to fire up your fan base that may be left, that may be right, that may be right down the middle? I want to talk football. All right. What's the soup? What's our movie? Draft day. Can we talk football? Football. We can always always talk football. All right. That's what we want to talk about. I don't care if Montez Sweat gives a shit about Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, doesn't matter. Stop asking these questions. Football fans don't want to know about the politicized nature of vaccinations. Next uh, first four out. Role players not knowing their roles. Your boy, Bruce Brown. Could not be further from my boy. Appalled. This series should be over. The, the Nets should be in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then Bruce Brown. Look, I'm not going to take your explanation or thunder away appalling performance in game three appalling end he actually had a pretty good first half terrible end yeah and i mean it's not just him i mean he he was the the inspiration for the uh for the inclusion here but i think most celtics fans would uh lump marcus smart into this category as well for some of his hero ball that he likes to play yeah it clicks every once in a while like that one game against the raptors you know a long time ago but when role players don't really know their role and get too eager on the court 
and take away from the elite talents. I mean, we saw what Durant did the other night against in game five against the Bucks. You want that guy shooting the ball, not some guy that played for Jim Laranega at Miami. Well, I also think if it goes to the flip side, right? Knowing your role, uh, Joe Harris, didn't he go one of 11? I mean, dude, you, you're literally out there to shoot threes and make them. Give me I three saw, threes. Give me three I, or four threes. He I, was I, get, I mean, he was literally wide open on one of them. I, it's Joe Harris, your shooter. All right. Your father was a shooter. His father was a shooter. I, I don't know if that's true, but it could be true. You, you take that shot, especially when Durant was getting double, double teamed. All right, this one will be a little quicker, kind of on the same topic. NBA super teams kind of just sucks, right? Like, obviously, uh, Kyrie got hurt since I tweeted that out. Harden's a little banged up, but really just the you – know, you can kind of see it with Texas to an extent on a much lower level, Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, to use that. <laughs> no sense. Whatever. All right, whatever. All right, we're almost done. Last one, tough Uber towns. You know what I'm talking about here, especially nowadays with Uber. It's tough to get Ubers, but you get into a town that just doesn't have Ubers, you're in trouble. You got to, I mean, it's back to the old days of getting designated drivers. You know, you can't have everyone else going having a good time. You got to be responsible out there. So Uber is really being um, limited in this country. And you you got a tough Uber town, you're in trouble. You got to make new plans. Well, the worst is when you get the double whammy. It says 20 minutes away and your fare is going to be like 18 bucks. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing here? Look, you I mean, want to know the other. You, you want to know it was a tough Uber town for me relatively recently? Memphis. I'm out really? there for the I'm out there for the Chiefs wedding. No, no Uber in sight. Memphis. I know some of you guys listen to this show. You, get out there and get some Ubers out there for the next time I come. You know what the worst is? It's it's the major city and a destination city. It's Austin. I don't know their rules anymore, but we were at a bachelor party a couple of years ago. No Ubers at are. Are they back? I think, I think they, yeah, you had to get that specific company though. That's yeah, it was called, uh, uh, fasten. 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 That's what it was called. Not a bad I, name. Not a bad not name. Bad. Yeah. Not bad. Not I mean, bad. basically I think, I think all you got to do to enter a competitive market, if you're going to do the exact same thing as someone else is just find another, I don't know, part of the car or like, like, I mean, look, you could, you could be a, a burger place and call yourself pickles buns. Fries, buns, yeah, buns, buns is a good one. <laughs> buns might have landed, might have landed on something. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. We got Family Karma to watch tonight. Great, great theater. You want to talk to theater? That Lopa Auntie, first four out, maybe. <laughs> She's tough. I'm trying to think of of a Lopa Auntie parallel in college basketball. I mean, who who is someone that when they enter the gym? your knees buckle you got no chance like they just intimidate the hell out of you mark vital mark vital is pretty good that that was mark that's it that's actually a beautiful and timely reference drew timmy was vishal the the scared meager son-in-law mark vital was (laughs) You got to get the hell. You you and I are talking, and I've never been more on the same wavelength than you. But I'm picturing just some random guy listening to this show right now, wondering what in the hell are we talking about? To quote Chad Johnson when he was on his dating shows, can we please get the hell up out of here? Thank you again for listening. We'll catch you next time here on Theater and College Hoops. Be good.
sky Shining off the cross Hanging from the mirror of my ride Breeze blowing in Your hair blowing round You're scanning through the stations Looking for that country sound The good stuff I stuff in the backseat Nowhere to go Nowhere to be I got my shades on top back Rolling with the music jack One on the wheel One around you baby Sunset I bet there's a chance We could get short You got me missing signs Hard looking left when my world is on my right I got my shades on top back Rolling with the music jack One on the wheel, one around you, baby Sunset, I bet there's a chance We could get sure enough Tangled up and laid back and lazy Pour it on easy now Don't spill a bit Nothing but time tonight Let's get to killing it Long as I'm Shades on top back 